welcome into Poke the Bear episode 102. 102 kind of point five in a sense. That's Connor Ryan. Cut. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, for the second time recording on Thursday. What is up? Evan, it feels like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Not because we no longer have to talk about the Bruins coaching search. No, it's the fact that we're able to record a podcast and I know that other breaking news isn't going to happen and it's going to disrupt the rest of this podcast. And now that I say that, I know Bergeron's going to like announce he's signing at 11 p.m. on Thursday night. But after we recorded our fir- first podcast today at 1 p.m. on Thursday, where we were speculating, like, is it Quinn, Montgomery, Volucci, and these other guys? We can devote an entire podcast now talking about uh, the Bruins' expected new head coach, Jim Montgomery. So I'm swell. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, for those who don't know, so for those listening audio-wise, the episode we initially recorded will not go to audio. It is, however, on YouTube. And I still think it's relevant because we talked about Second Line Center. We talked about all the head coaching candidates. We talked about Montgomery at length. We talked about, uh, you know, should they give Quinn a chance? We talked about, you know, uh, other options. So I do think it's still relevant, but this is the most relevant episode and the people listening just through the audio will hear that so as you said yes thursday night is reported by many different people except for the bruins who i imagine are just kind of waiting to announce until friday i would guess that'd be wild if they were like actually (laughs) but it is true uh the reports are that jim montgomery will be the next head coach of the bruins 29th in club history after bruce cassidy is 28 uh connor will jump right into it your initial reaction. Yeah, I think it's a pretty strong hire uh, from the Bruins in, in terms of not just what Montgomery, you know, where he stood in terms of the different tiers of maybe potential candidates, but we kind of talked about it in our earlier podcast uh, about when you look at some of these other coaches we've mentioned, right? Like David Quinn or, or Mike Vellucci or Spencer Carberry or any of these other guys, there's a lot of, you know, there's positives out of all those coaches that you can point to. There's also like some qualifiers or some things where you're like, ah, you know, it's like for David Quinn, you could make the argument like, you know what, there's another look, the Rangers team is rebuilding, you know, their numbers were kind of skewered this year just because Shesterkin went sicko mode. But I don't know, like he's still, that team didn't really have an identity, you know, that you can make. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, maybe not red flags. It's probably too severe of a thing to say, but there's things to watch for some of these other coaches. Montgomery, all then considered, really doesn't have it from a, a coaching perspective. You, you kind of look at his track record um, kind of everywhere he's gone, right? Whether it's the USHL, where he won two championships in three years. You look at what he did at the University of Denver, uh, winning a, a national championship and had a great record there. And then... Obviously, you know, we'll probably, I'm sure we're going to talk about how it ended with the, uh, the Dallas Stars, but that first year there, that's a team that looked rudderless for a while, missed the playoffs two years in a row, gets them back to the playoffs. They upset uh, a pretty strong Nashville Predators team and then took the eventual Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, to seven games. So plenty to build off there. You know, again, we'll talk about kind of what happened his second year there, but then uh, goes right back at it with as an assistant coach with the St. Louis Blues, where he worked a lot with their forwards and their uh, power play. And those results speak for themselves as well. You look at whether St. Louis's power play, which has been elite, or just the development of their forwards. I mean, look at guys like uh, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, all these other players. You kind of look at what the Bruins are looking for in terms of this new head coach, whether it's 
a new voice, a guy that maybe installs a different system, uh, a guy that has a track record of working with forwards and kind of getting the most out of them. Montgomery more or less picked, you know, checks off all those boxes as to what the Bruins are looking for. Yeah. Again, this, this covers everything. And I think, you know, as you said, and as we said on the uh, OG episode 102, he covers everything. You've got everything there. Right. And I, I'm most impressed again by Denver. And I think for a lot of people, and as I'd said this again on the old episode, I think one of the things they want in the next head coach is, can you get the most out of Trent Frederick and Oscar Steen and Jack Stadnika and Mark McLaughlin? I don't think they felt Bruce Cassidy could. I think it was pretty evident they didn't think that. I think Montgomery, if you're going to pick someone to do that, is the guy. Denver, USHL, time in Dallas. Again, Heiskanen obviously is Heiskanen because he's so good, right? Like that was kind of obvious. But there were other guys there too. Rupe Hintz was someone he oversaw. So I, I think when it comes to the younger player aspect, he can develop that. I think when it comes to winning, he's won at every level. So again... I look at this and say, out of everyone that you could have hired, you know, is he better than Cassidy? It's hard to argue, probably not. But out of what you could have hired, out of who you talked to, your Jay Leeches, you know, uh, David Quinn, obviously. Poor David Quinn, by the way, who got considered for this job and was just torched online for it. Like, yeah. Poor guy. It was home, kind of home. odd. Like, again, I, I don't know if he was the strongest candidate, but still, the, the vitriol that, like, you saw online, I was like... Not that bad, guys. <laughs> he had a, a three-year run where it was mediocre, maybe like disappointing results for a team that, then we talked about this before, I think his first year in New York, the average age of that team was like 23.6. Like it was yeah. something ridiculous. Like that was a team that was not supposed to be in contention anyway. So yeah, very odd that I think, I don't know if that's just the one narrative stats in terms of being like, ah, oh, is this who you want? And then it kind of snowballs from there, which tends to happen on social media. So tough break for him. Cause again, I don't, I, you would imagine he's going to get hired at some point by another team. Uh, I don't think he needed to get kind of lit on fire uh, during this whole process. But uh, when you look at the, what the Bruins are looking for, for a team that again, they're still probably trying to, you know, put together a strong product out there. They still think they can contend next year, but also, as you said, they desperately need more consistent contributions out of younger players. A guy like Montgomery, kind of checks off all those boxes. Yeah. As you said, I mean, I think again, if you're trying to compete, but you're also trying to usher in that younger crew, I think he's your best bet for it. I do at least out of, again, as what was out there. Uh, and yeah, back to the David Quinn stuff. I, it's just tough because it, it came from everywhere. People just immediately jumped all over the guy and we'd said it was a meh hire. It was not a very, you know, inspiring hire. It wasn't uh, outside the box, so to speak. Montgomery, I don't know if he's outside the box, so to speak, but I think he's someone who had a lot of momentum and was taken away for, you know, again, going to rehab for, uh, for alcoholism. And he seems to be doing very well ever since assistant uh, with St. Louis for the past two seasons. Great power play, by the way, in St. Louis helps that he has Tori Krug. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he'll lure Tori Krug back. Maybe that'll be his thing. You know, he'll he'll convince Don Sweeney to convince Krug to take less or do something with his contract. Um, but in, it, it all signs point to they got the right guy. Um, I, I don't look at any of the other candidates and say, OK, that, that would have been great. So now it comes down to business. I'm very interested in what Montgomery has to say whenever that press conference is. I would guess Saturday. 
if we had to take guesses at this, I don't know. Who knows? Is it's it a- going to be in person? Is going to be Zoom? When uh, Totorella got hired by Philly, it was like they announced it at 10 a.m. And I think they had like a Zoom at like one. So you, I wonder if Montgomery is here. Yeah. So, so that is a whole we'll maybe. You will see. We'll see. It'll be interesting stuff. One thing I'm intrigued by. Now, again, these were comments from 2018. So I have a tough time, uh, you know, going all in on this and thinking, oh, it's the same. It's the same thing. Right. But uh, he was talking about how he uh, sort of crafts his lines. And he mentioned this and he said on a line, a score needs to go with a puck possession guy. This is, by the way, November 2018. So we can yes. take it with a grain of salt. But on a line, a score needs to go with a puck possession guy. Ideally, that third guy is a puck possession guy that does all the details and the habits. Right. That create turnovers for the other two to do their magic. If you look at Boston's line, Pasternak is a sniper. Bergeron and Martian are both puck possession, incredible puck pressure guys. That's why they're one of the best lines because they're consistent with their habits and their details. You think there's any chance he puts that trio back together? It would make a lot of sense. I mean, he's got a good problem on his hands, whether it's you reunite that line that the results speak for themselves or you stick with this current configuration, which, again, you got to see what the other domino is in terms of who your 2C is going to be, but... Again, good issue, uh, good problem for him, whether it's you keep that line intact or you switch things up, because if you go into training camp in September and you have, I don't know, David Krejci, Nazem Kadri, someone there, and you got Taylor Both Hall. Both of them. And, yeah, <laughs> and you got Taylor Hall or, uh, and David Posnack to whoever that two sees uh, on that line. You got a, a good top six there. I don't know that you have to tweak that all that much. So, um, But you, you kind of look at what, Montgomery has said in the past about what he emphasizes. And uh, if you watch like any like videos of like his coaching clinics, all of it seems to come back to like puck possession, puck possession, puck possession. And he has like a, a 30 minute like clinic online uh, going through it all. And I think for him, it's all about uh, in previous years for Dallas, especially I think when they had like Hitchcock running thing, it was very much a basic dump and chase the, you know, very simplified kind of uh a method of attack there for them. And he kind of switched it up in terms of emphasizing holding on to the puck. Um, and a lot of like read and react in terms of, you know, seeing what the opposing defense kind of gives you and getting a little bit more, not, not improvising or giving them leeway, but I think getting input from the players as to how to approach, how to change things up, be a little bit more unpredictable in terms of what it is, which if you look at the way the Bruins were kind of struggling at times this past year, whether it be at even strength or on the power play, it was a lot of, just stagnant play, right. Of trying to, you know, be stubborn with entries or what have you. So I think when you look at just what Montgomery brings in terms of the change in systems, I don't think he's going to drastically overhaul things, but this point you already have, especially if let's say Berger runs back a pretty good, you know, roster to build around for, you know, you got guys in key spots all set, but having a guy like Montgomery and a new set of eyes to like look over the power play or to look over just, you know, basic tweets that maybe their ozone strategy could probably only help this team that you already kind of know what set production you can get from a few of the, the key styles on your roster. Safe bet that Jim Montgomery is a pretty good hire, right? Pretty safe bet. But what's even safer bet is our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the Number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Both basketball and hockey might be in the midst of their off seasons, but over at Bet Online, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, 
and more. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game starts. Stats. Where the game starts. So you mentioned an interesting thing with the power play. I mean, remember back in that Carolina series and down the stretch, they could never enter the zone. And when they did, not much happened. And it's an interesting thing because I was reading up about the stars when he first came there. Because, you know, they had defensemen like John Klingberg, uh, Miro Heiskanen, Essa Lindell. They had some solid puck-moving guys. And they emphasized, as you mentioned, just take it slow. You don't have to immediately rush up the ice. You These quick ups, you don't need it. You, as long as you have the puck, you're fine. I am interested in how uh, once Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy returns, uh, how that runs. I'm interested in how it impacts Brandon Carlo and how it impacts him. Because you know what? With a guy like him, who's not the greatest puck mover in the world, maybe taking it slow isn't the worst thing in the world. Letting him kind of see what is in front of him. Uh, whether or not they keep Mike Riley for this, although I can't imagine like a coach, you know, a certain coach would make them keep him. What are your expectations for each position group and what impact Jim Montgomery would have on them? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you listen to what other players have said about him. I think even Tyler Sagan uh, was talking about Montgomery's impact for him and what he liked about his coaching style is that it's a lot more of, uh, you know, seeking input from the players of, I think Sagan pretty much said he was the first coach who like they sat down and met and he was like, all right, who do you want on your line? Like, who do you think you best mesh with? And they kind of built it from there in terms of like, you know, you've got different key pieces in the, in the line that you know where their strengths are and you kind of let those pieces fall into place. Kind of what the quote you mentioned earlier in terms of you look at how Pasternak compliments uh, Bergeron and Martian. I think for him, it's for, especially the forward grouping, it's a lot of just, I think, candid open dialogue, especially which I imagine you're going to see during training camp about, all right, we know what your strengths are. Let's play to them. And even if maybe it's guys that you don't expect being in set roles, if it, it leads to a spot where you're getting more offense or more effective play out of a guy, whether it's if Jake DeBrusque is still here, the way he plays, or maybe for focusing on different aspects of a strengths to their game. So you look at Jake DeBrusque, where they're just emphasizing more of his driving to the net. And if you have a better setup guy, they're just, you know, you get into great ice. It's all it takes is a tip or a rebound to lead to a few more goals. So I think for Nick Ritchie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, again, it's, it's a pretty set formula, right? When we always look at how the Bruins have struggled with five on five and even strength offense, a lot of it's just not adhering to those simple smart plays you got to make uh, down in great AI. So I think for the forwards, it's, what's going to be refreshing, I think is that very open line of communication of getting the input from the players themselves as to what, works best for them. Again, I don't think they can all just be like, put me with Brad Marchand and, and David Bostonrock or anything like that. Chris Wagner's like, I would like to play between Patrice Bergeron or, you know, next to Patrice Bergeron and let's say Taylor Hall. Yeah, know, exactly. The least you could do. So I think that that'll be encouraging. And then, yeah, as you said, for defensemen, I think it's, uh, you know, preaching, just taking what the, the opposing defense gives you, right? No more of if you're trying to break the puck in, uh, no more running into like that line of, of bodies at the blue line, which leads to either a odd man rush down the other end of the ice or a turnover or anything like that. So as you said, even if it's guys like Kahlo or, or someone like that, who's not really known as a guy you want maybe operating with the puck in the neutral zone, if 
it's all about kind of reading and reacting as opposed to, you know, getting on the rush or anything like that. That could only, you know, one, probably help a guy like Kyle feel more comfortable because he knows he's not strength from kind of the strengths of his game, but also it slows things down a little bit, which whether it's a guy like that, or even if you want to look at like a forward, like David Krejci, who's not necessarily looking to push the pace. Like, I think if we're going to look further down the line as to what, you know, Montgomery systems are, David Krejci probably likes a system like that. Where it's all about, <laughs> you know, being methodical, holding on to the puck and reading and reacting to whatever the other team gives you. Thursday has been the biggest day for the David Krejci just getting it going again. This keeps happening. And we talked about this in the other episode. It was the like lost episode. The lost episode that isn't quite lost, but it's kind yeah, of it's lost. very it's, it's actually readily accessible. It's only on the most <laughs> hosted video site ever, but it's fine. It gives more reason to go and subscribe. That's a valid, very valid point. Um, there's one concern I have for Montgomery, and it's not even solely on him, so I can't like get on that. But I was just looking at the, the numbers of the 2018-19 stars, and I believe they were tied for third worst in goals four, and they were 11th in power play. So that just goes down to bad five-on-five goal production. Now, granted, the 17-18 stars were, did not make the playoffs. So again, under Hitchcock, they were not very good. Uh, so again, changes don't happen overnight, but I look at that, and that's my one area where I go, I need to see some five-on-five production, right? Like we talk about it here seeing what the defense gives you all those things. But that's one area where I'm like, I want to see that because we know yeah. that his teams are good defensively. We know that, you know, the power plays are good penalties and kills are good. And the Bruins need more five on five scoring, especially from down deeper in the lineup. Do you think that that was a product of Dallas's roster? Or do you think that that is something that could potentially plague him here? Uh, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I don't think even when Dallas went on that that crazy run uh, to the cup final or even kind of the success they've had recently, it's they've always been, I think, known as more of a defensive-oriented team anyway. did they blow the Bruins out. out this past year in I think Dallas? they did, didn't they? Yeah, I, I want to say did. they did. So, But in general, they're, if in you're general. looking at just their basic strengths and, and weaknesses, they're a grinded-out kind of team anyway. But I also think for Montgomery, I, I think the challenge is also just, you know, fine tuning your, your style and finding other avenues to generate more offense. Like even when Bruce Cassidy was here in his last presser, when he was Bruins coach at the, you know, breakup day, whatever you want to call it. When you looked at other avenues to generate more five and five offense or even strength offense, it wasn't just, we have to go out and get a guy, or we have to go out and hope that Fabian Lysel makes a team. It's other stuff that they've been trying to do for a while. It just hasn't worked out yet. It's stuff that you see that, Colorado does very well, right? In terms of, you know, shots from the blue line, uh, guys being more active. And that's not to say that they just give it a kill Makar. Like he's far and away, he's a cheat code. But you look at the other guys on the team that also just have a knack for, you know, initiating some scoring changes off of just finding shooting lanes up high and leading to tips, rebounds, all that stuff. You'd like to see the Bruins incorporate that a little bit more, which feels like it's something that hasn't really been tapped into with this roster. That's not to say that, Brendan Kyle is going to go sicko mode and have 15 goals or, you know, guys points. who aren't, you know, guys who aren't prone to just like letting it fly from the blue line or just all of a sudden going to switch a gear. But if you can slowly just go that out of more guys, whether it's McAvoy or, or Grizzly or someone like that, Clifton, um, those things can kind of go a long way, even if it leads to the grand scheme of things, an extra 10, 15, five on five goals means a whole lot when you're at the end of the year and you see where teams rank on the overall standings list, right? Exactly. And again, it kind of hints again at him being a player's coach, 
letting the players kind of do what they want on the ice, or at least, you know, trusting them to see what's in front of them. Um, and again, there's been lots of quotes about him being a good players coach and players liking him. Love to get Anton Hudobin's take on uh, yes. Jim Montgomery. That would be very fun to see what he had to say, because I imagine it would be a terrific quote uh, on Jim Montgomery. Do you think it's tough? I have a tough time ranking Montgomery up against Cassidy record wise, because a, we don't really know what direction this team is going in yet. We can guess because Bergeron is back. So I have to think they're probably not rebuilding. Maybe they retool. They do what we mentioned earlier, where, you know, you make a few little moves, Uh, but I don't think Pasternak is getting traded for, you know, a plethora of first round picks, at least just yet, which is something we'll get to later on in the off season. That's a whole nother topic. Um, But he is entering the season with an injured roster. You won't have Marshan. You won't have McAvoy. You will not have Grizzlick. Uh, those are big losses. Do you think, like, what are the expectations for him in year one? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough, right? Because you even look at this team, and even if, you know, Bergeron's back, and let's say you have David Krejci back, uh, back on cheap, and you have at least a top six, uh, you know, set foundation down the middle of this team. It's all well and good, but if that's your only plan, if you're Don Sweeney, uh, which again, he's kind of made this mess himself in terms of just not having extra cap room or or what have you, you're still going to be stuck in a tough spot. And it's tough for a guy like Jim Montgomery, who, again, you're kind of looking at an uphill climb. And it's it's not fair, I think, to compare him to Cassidy, not only just the different coaching styles, but even like, let's say if uh, the Bruins give Johnny Beecher 30 games up here, they give Jack Sidnika 30 games. Like, I feel like that's so it, it's not fair to either Montgomery or Cassidy to com- compare that because Bruce Cassidy is not a guy you hire or retain to spur a youth movement. He's a win now yeah. guy. He's motivated to win. And it's for him. It's about working with a veteran heavy roster and putting him over the top. The damn cup. Yeah. You know, he's a great X's and O's coach. who's you know, very, uh, you know, candid with players and has a, a very high standard for, you know, winning hockey. So, uh, you know, you can say that him and, and Montgomery have different dynamics, maybe of how they kind of go about their day-to-day stuff. But in terms of the objectives of this team, yes, this is a, a Bruins team that if you want to read the tea leaves, thinks that they can have at least one more run in them. But there's other dynamics at play in terms of the need for younger players to step up, other things like that. So uh, it, for him, Montgomery, it's going to be, an uphill climb, especially at the start of the year, just in terms of treading water, because even if you have Krejci and Bergeron, and let's say you sign another free agent winger or something like that, it's still going to be tough with no McAvoy and, and Marchand and even Grizzly, right? That, that's still a couple of key guys you're going to be missed for two plus months to start the year. Yeah, it's hard to pin expectations on them, just given you don't know the roster quite yeah. yet uh, and what they're going to do, because Sweeney had mentioned doing some uh, some definitely some things this off season. You wonder what they do in free agency around the draft. So we will see, but yes, Jim Montgomery reportedly the next head coach of the Bruins. Crazy, crazy enough. The search is over. Uh, so anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at uh, Boston sports journal on all the, on all these things? Yeah. We'll have you cover every step of the way when the, uh, the Montgomery uh, hiring becomes official when he has his pr- press conference where we can uh, get his takes on the state of the roster his, you know, the hallmarks of his, the teams that he wants to roll out there on the ice, all those kind of uh, various topics. So 
We'll have all that stuff over at bostonsportsjournal.com along with the draft, free agency trades, all that good stuff over at BSJ. So please subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky, Pope the Real Listers. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 